Before, before we do anything, whether it's uh, Bleach-related or even, like, pre-podcast banter, I want to put, like, at the head of the episode, just a little warning for anyone who's got ophidiophobia or the fear of snakes, there's going to be discussion of snakes and snaky things in these episodes. And oh, yeah. Pro- like, strong chance of there being discussion about snakes for the next, like, 15 episodes. Because there is a character who is all about snakes, and I think he sticks around for a long time. Yeah, uh, I I was also going to put a heads up about that. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of snakes. Uh, like we won't like I want to be clear we won't like put any visuals of snakes here or anywhere, but like we sure are going to mention snakes a lot. Um, <laughs> I I had an interesting uh lore experience with guilty gear last night uh i was just like decompressing after some stuff and i'm like you know what i'm gonna decompress by reading the guilty gear wiki um i didn't realize that chip is enough is a weeaboo yeah he's he's just straight up like a dude who's like man japanese ninjas are so fucking cool they're so fucking <laughs> cool and then he weeaboos so hard he gets to like be trained by a ninja <laughs> well no he he like wasn't he wasn't weeabooing, like, before being trained to be a ninja. Like, he got trained to be a ninja, and he's like, Wow, my Japanese master was so cool. Too bad he's dead. Time to go, like, idolize Japanese culture in a way that doesn't make any sense, and then claim to be from Japan to everybody I meet. Like, <laughs> I don't understand this man, but I support him. <laughs> Like the reason that his uh his one ending where he become or he tr- he studies to be president of the United States is like it works is because he is like na- an, an American national he could be a president. It's so fucking funny that he just declared himself president of like a country, and he's like, "All right, I am president," and also. I realize all of my advisors are saying, don't do this, but I'm going to prove we have culture by holding a haiku competition. <laughs> like, I, I main thing? I main chip for a reason, and this is why I'm going to get one, like, one shot by Nagoriyuki mains. God, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, picking up chip just for this. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I just, he lost I, his teleport in this game, though, which is a bit sad. That is a little sad. Uh, I, I was playing some Plus R last night. I was playing my main, Abba, uh, who I I am suffering. I'm living in a constant pool of suffering when I play her, but, you know, it's worth it because she's got the cool little key. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's all that matters is that sometimes you have a cool little key. <laughs> the key's as big as she is, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it's bigger <laughs> <laughs> this is It'll Wash Out a Bleach Rewatch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. This time we're having, we had a little bit of banter. Just a little bit. For you. As a treat. Flavoring. Flavoring banter. It, it's, it's a little seasoning on top. Just a little extra salt and pepper. <laughs> do you, you want to get into the episode? 
let's get into the episode before I start talking about Baconator Pringles. Oh, God! <laughs> okay, episode 70. Um, Rukia's Return, Revival of the Substitute Team. So, just, just a fucking disclaimer about this episode. Uh, there was a weird amount of horny shit this episode. Uh, so I am declaring, like, instead of just, like, writing about it in detail and, like, giving myself 600 words for no, like, 600 extra words for no reason, uh, I'm just declaring that Ishin, Kohn, and Chizuru are all in horny jail. They're, they're, they're in horny jail this week. They, they're, they're gone. They're not here. Have you gotten rusty, Ichigo? Asked Rukia, nonchalantly, as the two struggle to face Yoshino's doll, Goeth. Notably during this fight, Rukia does not have her Zanpakuto, and instead continues to fight using Kido. Before a massive attack from Goeth, snakes fly out and wrap themselves around the doll, who groans and disappears. The snakes turn into warped pipes as Ryo Utagawa, the second bount, appears, talking down to Yoshino for roaming without permission. I like that Rukia takes negative two seconds to shit-talk Ichigo. <laughs> It's literally like, I hadn't even processed that the episode was starting, and immediately Rukia's just like, Ichigo, what the fuck's your deal, man? <laughs> like, she asks him if she's gotten rusty, and then she's like, okay, wait, hold on, what's happening? What is this? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly funny that she, like, shows up to Ichigo without having any idea of what's going on. Um... I do like the immediate hook of this episode, which is that, like, Utagawa and Yoshino actually have, like, conflict, and that there's an actual conflict within the bounce, which I, I think is, like, a pretty good start and hook for an episode. I, I was into that. Yeah, it's like, the dra the Dracul shows up, and you're like, hmm, shit, what's gonna- is it gonna be, like, a cool two-on-two -two fight? And it's like, oh, wait, no, he's- there is infighting. Hmm, interesting. It is interesting. Ichigo begins to question him, but a snake perches on Utagawa's shoulders, and he tells Ichigo that food shouldn't be talkative. The snake is his doll, Freed, and he sends her to wrap around Yoshino's wrist, telling the latter not to disobey, as Ichigo questions whether or not they are on the same side. Utagawa annoyedly tells Ichigo how noisy he is, as Freed's eyes glow and a nearby pipe turns into another snake that jumps out of Ichigo before returning to its previous form. Ichigo questions the abilities of the bout, while Utagawa suggests that they should be excused, as nobility does not share the table with pigs. He calls to Freed, who pulls Yoshino to the roof, and they run off with her. Utagawa's a bitch! I'm, I'm just gonna say it. I yeah, he, like, he is, he is like 400% more Dracul than he was last, last time, in that he's very much the, like, Listen, humans are food. Do you talk to your fucking sandwich? No. Why would I have a conversation with you? <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> he is, like, the most Dracula-ass motherfucker until we get, like, the more Dracula-ass motherfucker in approximately, like, two minutes. <laughs> My favorite part here is that Rukia, like, after the fight, is just like, so what was that? And Ichigo's like, I don't know. Or he and Chad just, like, land like they just kind of land and show up and they're like hey ichigo there's this other dracul motherfucker named utagawa oh hey rukia <laughs> and then orihime rushes to hug rukia complimenting the dress that uryu gave her uh i'm i'm really glad they like called express attention to this dress like really glad about that yeah Ur orihime's like ah oh, ishida will be so glad to learn that you're wearing the dress she, like, briefly mentions him, like, loving her, and then uh, she's like, oh, actually, not that. Which is very funny. Um, Orihime starts talking about, like, celebrating, like, talking about food. Uh, Ruki agrees to celebrating, and then Ichigo smiles before they move to a nearby park where Ruki explains her orders to purify hollows in Karakura Town, despite her wishes to train more. Ichigo's like, I guess I'm stuck with you again. And Rukia's like, that's my line. Lirin pops out, and Rukia is shocked as the gang introduces her to the mod souls. She thinks Lirin is ugly, Kuroto is adorable, and seems to have no opinion on Noba. Um, okay, I do like this bit. I, 
I have to wonder why Soul Society was like, okay, Rukia, you gotta go purify hollows, but you gotta do it without your sword. Well, it's it's not that she doesn't have her sword, it's that she doesn't go into Soul Reaper form. Like, the entire time that she's fighting, she's in her gigai. Um, and that's why she's wearing the dress. This is true. It's just very funny to me. Like, I, gu- I guess I don't know, like, I know we had a conversation about it, I don't remember if it was on the show... That, like, at, at this time, her shikai hadn't been, like, revealed in the manga, so they just don't do it, this arc. Um, yeah, like, we we do see at least one instance in the next couple of episodes. There is at least one instance of Rukia, like, exiting the gigai, and the gigai is wearing the dress. And, you know, she's she's got her sword, she's got, like, the normal Shinigami robes when that happens. It's just okay. that, for again, because the her shikai hasn't been revealed in the manga yet, and wasn't until the arc that comes after this uh her entire like most of her fights during this arc are going to be in gigai form and i don't i think the show just like doesn't bring attention to it they're like everybody's here fighting renji and ichigo are like out in their soul reperforms rukia's not in her soul reperform don't worry about it it's fine she's shooting lightning it's badass like Keep going. She's doing more now than she has it at any other point during the show. It's fine. <laughs> she sure is, even if it's not much. <laughs> Elsewhere, in the most vampire-ass penthouse, a vampire-ass man silently sits in his vampire-ass armchair as Utagawa opens the door, instructing Yoshino to enter. The vampire-ass man, Jin Karia, observes the beauty of the city, noting that they can only take in the view as they are surrounded by darkness. He claims that they could never become brilliant lights as he moves to caress Yoshino's cheek. She flinches, and he notices the bruise on her neck, asking if he, asking if she caused Utagawa trouble again, and wondering if she was upset by something. Utagawa states that she doesn't know her place here, as Yoshino demands to know what he means by this. Karia gets on Utagawa for being so cruel, and the latter apologizes, with Karia claiming that he still can't fully forgive Yoshino. She tells him that she doesn't need his forgiveness, and she will not be ordered around by anyone. Karya goes on about worrying for Yoshino's weakness and foolishness, making him protect her. Utagawa prepares a gold pocket watch, which is the sealed form of Freed, while Yoshino prepares to summon Goeth as Karya warns her against receiving further punishment. Utagawa leads her to a small storage room, locking her in to stare out a small window at the sky. Um, so... Goeth is, like, sealed in, like, one of those, like, weird finger gauntlets that, like, Soifon has as her, like, zonpong toe. Yeah, well, it's it's a ring. Yeah, it is a it's, ring. It's a, it's a ring and bracelet. She, like, she, uh, so she has one on each side, and then she, like, touches one to the other. It's like a Sentai, uh, like, release thing. It's cool. I like it. It is cool. I, I also like the gold pocket watch. Uh, I, I, I like these guys, uh... Karia is like the most vampire ass motherfucker that's ever existed. Like, if Rio is like the mo- the most Dracula a vampire can be, Karia is like a Lestat Phantom of the Opera like hybrid get man who's like, I love you so much, but you know you're weak, so stop going against my orders and just uh, allow me to protect you as I lock you in the storage room. God, like, I I did like this part, I want to be clear. Like, it does immediately, like, kind of set, like, the tone for these characters, and you, you, it kind of sets some intrigue as, okay, what's the deal here with Yoshino? Like, what are we actually getting in here for? Because, like, there is clearly some infighting, there's clearly, like, some drama going in between these three characters. I want to know more about it. Uh, I do wish that, like, the woman villain's first, like, big thing, aside from, like, being the first one we see, like, fighting, is that, like, she gets locked in a room. Like, that kind of sucks, but, like, it's- I don't have as strong an opinion on it here, because, like, I guess it feels more natural to what's going on, and also it's, like, it- that changes in the same episode. So, yeah, like it's uh like right now it's like okay, well we we only have three characters and it happens to be that the one who is the woman is the one who is like the 
the other and also the one who gets like locked up um but you know we'll get more we'll get more bounce and we'll see if that we'll see if bleach tendencies continue to bleach yeah we'll we'll see if bleach continues to bleach but already like she get, she got into a fight with Ichigo and Ichigo was just completely outmatched and had no chance so it's like well that's already a point in Yoshino's favor i guess yeah like to to give credit where credit's due like she's done something like that's that's more than we can say about a lot of the women in this show more female villain ceos please please at Kurosaki clinic Ishin is shocked to see Ichigo with all of his friends, while Ruki explains that they're just here to study, and sorry for the late-night intrusion. There's a brief bout between Ichigo and Ishin, with the latter believing this to be a dream, and then in Ichigo's room, the gang discusses what to do next, which mostly amounts to discussion about the bounce powers, which appear to vary much like those of Soul Reapers. Ichigo recalls being unable to hurt Goeth, and is like, God, I don't even know what Free does, and then is reminded by Orohime that the bout will continue to eat souls if they do nothing. Rukia seems sure this is the threat that she was really sent here to fight, despite never even having heard of the bout. Her soul pager rings, and Renji is like on the other line, just yelling about how excited he is for Rukia to be here. I'm coming over right now, and he crashes through the window and lands on a shame. Now, one thing he mentions is... The captain told me you were here, and yeah. the only person that Renji calls the captain is Byakuya, which means Byakuya was like, you sent my sister where? Renji, get your ass to Rukia and keep her safe. <laughs> I just want to imagine, like, overly doting brother Byakuya being like, we had just, like, worked through our issues. Why? What? No. <laughs> It really is like that, and, like, I also really want to imagine the world where Byakuya is suddenly, like, overly caring. Like, he's trying to, like, make up for, like, all the shit he put Rukian through. He's like, no, now I have to be the good big brother. I have to take care of her, damn it. And then she just gets sent back to fucking Earth, and he's like, wait, fuck, fuck, fuck. Renji, if if one hair on her head is harmed... <laughs> I will hold you personally accountable. <laughs> Reggie's like, I got it, Captain. I'm on it. Jumps he through Ichigo's window. Just Jesus Christ. You know, he wouldn't say it like that. He he would be more like, Renji, I'm entrusting her security to you. So just so you know, if there's a single hair on her head that is harmed, that would reflect really poorly on a vice captain. <laughs> That is actually startlingly accurate to how I think Byakuya would say that. And then he would end the call. He would just close his phone. Yeah, he wouldn't wait for a response. He'd just be like, I know it'll be taken care of. I trust my subordinates. But it's cool, because Renji's happy that she's here. He's like, hell yeah, Rukia, where you at? I'm showing up. (laughs) He's like, I'm literally coming in right now, and just jumps through the window, lands on a sheen, and, like, it's not really touched upon past that. It's just, like, they're back in the room after that. Uh, And Renji joins in the discussion, which mainly amounts to him and Ichigo bickering, while Rukia goes over how odd the situation is, as normally, a single Soul Reaper is assigned for every 50,000 humans, meaning the fact that three of them here is likely due to the bounty issue. Ichigo wonders what to do the next day, and Rukia's like, we have no choice. Cut to the next day. Rukia is back in school thanks to her Kikanshiki Deluxe, which has the power to alter memories, making the students believe that she's a recent transfer student who has just begun to adjust. Ichigo's like, I guess anything goes now, and I, personally, continue to dread the mor- morality of all of this. <laughs> I just really like that. It's like, what are we gonna do? To- what are we gonna do about like school and shit tomorrow? And Rukia's like, don't worry, I got this. And then the next <laughs> morning, t- she shows up, and Ichigo's like. Is that that it? You're just going to show up? And everyone's like, Rukia, welcome back. It's like, what the fuck did you do? (laughs) It's so good. Uh, My favorite part about all of this is that Ichigo just completely forgot to tell Uryu, and so did Orihime and Chad, because Uryu does show up here and is like, Rukia, what are you doing here? And Keiko's just like, Uryu, is something wrong? You look stunned. He's like, why wouldn't Rukia be here? 
<laughs> and he's like, right, right, no, never mind. Just forget I said anything. <laughs> At lunch, Orihime gives Rukia onigiri with custard, which she ends up loving. Uh, like, notably, the other students just don't accept it, but Rukia's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? And just loves it. Keigo accepts tickets to Don Kanonji's show from Mizuriro, uh, who's, like, going on a date and can't go. And Ichigo leans against a tree, claiming it's as if the events of the past two seasons never happened. Which leads to Lirin popping out immediately and being like, Ichigo, Ichigo, you can't relax for a second! Everything's going to shit! One of the bounces here! And immediately the gang heads out, and, like, all their friends are confused, obviously. Uh, but, th- but they leave, and they run through town. Lirin determines that the bount is Utagawa, and it becomes apparent that the bount are not only active during Nightfall, which is, like, what Ichigo assumed. Uh, importantly here, there's, like, a nearby conflict at, like, a convenience store, and we hear somebody, like, trying to pay with currency that is obviously not Japanese currency, and we see a thin little dude just get, like, knocked out of a store, and it's Hanatoro. <laughs> Hanatoro's here now. <laughs> Hanatoro's here. He's great. I love him. I love him too. The gang just like is running and they like jump over him. And Ichigo's just like, huh, that face seemed familiar. And then does not pay any attention to it. As they just like continue and they find another ashen corpse. One of Hanatoro's spe- uh, canonical special skills is that he is hard to notice, <laughs> and people forget true. his and people forget his face. Also, when when they all run off from school, I really like Keiko being like uh, Keiko being like, okay, okay, like Ichigo, Chad, fine, I get it. Orihime running off as well, and Rukia, I guess. Also weird, but like it's weird that they're going and Tatsuki's not, and then he's like, oh come on, Ishida's going too. <laughs> it is pretty good overall like the bit quality in the like this episode aside from the horny bits have been pretty good <laughs> basically they find another ashen corpse and then they find utagawa who is currently restraining a terrified woman uh utagawa calls them rude and then lets go of the woman who like immediately faints and collapses ichigo's like i figured it out you're a bount. <laughs> and Utagawa's like, uh, yeah? Ichigo's like, okay, so what happened with Yoshino? And Utagawa's like, I have a secret plan. You don't get to know about it. Well, he's and like, then- no comment. Does that mean you have a secret plan? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> literally is like that. He's smart. And he's like, it's, it's pretty smart. And then he's like, now I have an important question. And he asks Ichigo whether a human or a soul reaper's soul tastes better, and then licks his lip in the most vampire-ass way possible. And then he summons Freed, who, like, in this form, is kind of whip-like. Uh, Freed lashes into the ground several times, causing, like, several cracks to appear. And the gang is like, oh my god, what's his true abilities? We've only seen him do one thing before, which is, like, turn everything into snakes, but we don't know if that's his true abilities. And... Utagawa is shocked to have someone freed so quickly. Like, he openly talks about, like, oh, wow, that was really easy this time. Cool. Show them your strength, Freed. And then Freed, who is, like, just a snake, like, just a fucking snake that turns into a whip. Um, like, her eyes glow red, and then the cracks in the ground turn into snakes. And Uryu is like, oh my god, it turns anything it touches into snakes. And then Freed's like, you're close. I I could turn anything Utagawa focuses on into a snake. This is demonstrated by her turning several things into snakes. As the gang attempts to repel them, and Uryu's just kind of there dodging stuff before Utagawa questions this and realizes that he's a Quincy. Like, I do like this fight scene, because, like, you you see like Claude's shoulder strap turns into a snake. Some ropes get clo- get turned in- get transformed. Hoses, etc. But it's like Ichigo slices snakes in half. Chad punches them. Orihime blocks them with her with her shield. Uh, and like even Rukia like punches a snake in the head. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets something to do, and then it, like it, it is like a nice little um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
It's a nice little contrast because you do see Uryu just like struggling to even like exist in this space where like everybody has something to do and Uryu's just here. Like he doesn't have his powers. He doesn't have anything to do. He's just trying to survive. Uchigawa does comment on how unexpected it is to run into a Quincy before attempting to bind Uryu with Freed, noting that he is the weakest of the group, much to Ichigo's dismay. Uh, he notes that he wants to find out what a Quincy soul tastes like, and then we cut to Yoshino breaking down the door with fire and escaping to the outside. Kaoria watches her from the window, wondering her destination and then commenting on her naivete before chuckling and stating that Karakura Town truly is most beautiful when cloaked in darkness and ending the episode. Like, I do like the, w- like the way Jin, uh, like, he doesn't seem all too bothered that she's, uh, like, he's a little annoyed, but he doesn't seem, like, exactly bothered. Uh, it, it gives the impression that, like, he believes that Yoshino is gonna, like, come back, either that they're going to capture her or that she'll come back on her own. Uh, so he's just, like, she's already captured, she just doesn't understand yet, she's just causing trouble for herself, kind of. Like, he's got a self-assurance of, about him that you're like, God, you're so slimy. <laughs> You you never for any time in this episode think that Jin doesn't believe he's in control. Like, it's very clear that he believes he is the powerful one here. And, like, for all we know, he is. We don't know what his capabilities are. Like, we don't know anything. Except that Uchigawa, like, clearly answers to him. And Yoshino is, like, trapped by him and Uchigawa. And we don't really know what the situation is there. But it, it is interesting, and, like, I I have to give props to this arc so far, like, aside from, like, the weird horny shit we got this episode, and, like, you know, like, some of the meandering this arc has done so far, like, it's done a pretty good job of setting up these villains, and I have to give props for that. Like, in the uh, decade plus since, there's there's been a lot of, like, oh, uh, yeah, the Bount arc, the, like, giant filler arc, yada, 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 but, like, can't forget, at the time, this arc was relatively well-received, and it was considered to be one of the few good filler arcs in uh, shonen anime. Is that going to hold up? Who the fuck knows? But I remember, at, at least for the first couple of weeks, it was like, oh, it's a filler arc, but it's, like, kind of good. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Like, I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying it so far, especially because, like, I remember watching it when I first watched Bleach, and I remember being like, wow, this is the most boring shit I've ever seen. But I was also, like, set up to hate it, and I wasn't going into it with an open mind. So I think, like, actually doing the show and, like, going into it like we have been, I'm, like, weirdly excited to keep going. Like, I really enjoyed, like, this episode and like i'm excited to learn more about these characters yeah bleach please keep up the solid b-tier episodes please do like i i can deal with two seasons of b-tier like give it to me (laughs) do you want to save the uh the post credit scene for like after the second episode or do you want to do that right now i'll mention it now because it's not related to the other one Okay. Uh, essentially, our post credit scene is Hanataro just applying for a bunch of jobs, but, you know, he doesn't have any job experience, he doesn't have any applicable job skills, uh, so... My favorite, all the- my favorite part of this, like, this bit is him literally, like, oh, I'm really good at, like, not existing or disappearing on one of his applications. He's like, what are you good at? And he's like, not getting noticed and people forgetting my face. And it's like, mm. <laughs> Sorry, not uh, interesting. And it's like, he's like, oh, I'm trying to get a job because Captain Unohana sent me to the human world to, like, experience, you know, something different to, and, like, broaden my horizons. But, like, God, you need money and also food. And then he collapses out of hunger in front of a 7-Eleven. <laughs> and it just stops there. Well, like, you see, like, the someone working there go, comes out and it's like, what the fuck was that noise? Uh, but otherwise, it kind of, like, that's where the bit ends. We'll yeah. have to check in with Hanataro later. Until we check in with Hanataro later, let's just go ahead and cut to a five minute break. All 
Alright, well, let's get back into it with episode 71, The Moment of Collision, An Evil Hand Draws Near to the Quincy. The episode opens with the group surrounding Rio, but he just takes the woman he detected last episode as hostage, wrapping her in a snake. He tells them all, ah, don't worry, he would never kill her, uh, but if they aren't careful, he might, you know, cover her in cuts or poison her horribly. <laughs> like, but he would never kill her. And never. she's like, she just like, all right, fine, fuck, look. And he steps forward and he offers himself in place of the woman. And uh, after a little bit of back and forth, essentially, she goes free. He allows himself to be wrapped up by a snake instead. And Rookie is like, all right, our chance is going to be when the bout tries to eat Ishida's soul. But instead, Ryo's like, sweet, I have a Quincy. And then he bashes his head in the ground. Like, it's a really, like, severe hit. And Ishida's, like, it's a huge, heavy thud. And Ishida's unconscious and just, like, heavily bleeding from his head when he's brought up again. And she goes like, uh, what the fuck? Weren't you going to eat a soul and leave yourself open? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and Ryo's like, oh, you know, gotta have some fun to enjoy my main dish. He is, like, decidedly... The most Dracul motherfucker. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, I I am worried about Uryu. Like, I want him to be okay. Yeah, like, everything in these episodes so far is, like, Ryo's, like, he is a, he's a threat in a way that's different from most, from most threats that we've seen in Bleach. Because he's, he doesn't seem to be, like, particularly, like, head-on powerful, but he's powerful in the way that the three mod souls were powerful. Like, they're tricky. Um, they are tricky, even though his main ability consists of turning things into snakes. Yeah, but he spends... He, he spent this entire episode... Like, we've only been through the intro, and he's already shown us be like how tricky he is with the snakes. So This is true. Uh, as They banter a bit back and forth, and then Yoshino arrives with just lar a large fire attack, which gives her a chance to grab Ishida's unconscious body. Ryo tells her that she won't be given preferential treatment forever, and even as her doll Goeth attacks everyone with flames. The the good guy group, essentially, wants to they all want to follow, but Ryo bars their way because he's uh he's mad at them. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so he's like, you know what? She pissed me off, but I hate you guys more, so I'll help her run away. <laughs> and he, I, he, I do want to note that I think it's like really good that like the the people in charge of writing the filler arc seem to actually remember that Orihime can do things because like I feel like every episode thus far that Orihime has like been in we've seen her actually use Santan Keshun which is more than we can say for the past two seasons. Yeah, like Orihime, Chad, Rukia, Ichigo, all of them like destroy the snake, destroy like the onslaught of snakes as they uh, get closer. Um, Rio like just essentially has an endless amount of snakes. Uh, but eventually, Renji and the Urahara store crew have arrived, specifically Ududu, with her multi-rocket launcher, <laughs> and she just, so starts, she just starts shooting him, and it's like, he it, it looks like he's being attacked by an entire platoon of soldiers, because all the snakes that are around him get shot, he gets, he has to block, like, multiple, multiple attacks, and he's like, okay, no, I'm not dealing with this, <laughs> and he runs away. My favorite part of this exchange is that Jinta doesn't do anything except tell Uduru to fire. It's so funny. He's like, just there. He doesn't even have his, like, baseball bat or whatever. He's just here, and he's like, all right, Uduru, you got this. Just do it. Uduru, the, the precious child. <laughs> Over in Soul Society, the Department of Research and Development has, and they have the worst and I mean the worst signage <laughs> in the world. It's Thank like, you it's for a, calling attention to this. It's it's a sign, but like on top, there's like like the top part of the molding is shaped as like a little caterpillar with a huge mouth and teeth, and it's doing like a biting motion. And at the bottom, there's like wriggly tentacle, but like bits. And it's like, what the fuck? Why did? Why would you make a sign that does this? <laughs> it's for research and development, of course. Like that's. What's not to get? Like, either they turned something that lived into this sign as a horrible punishment, which which would be horrifying, or they developed this sign on purpose. <laughs> and I'm not sure which which option is more horrifying. 
<laughs> this is what happens to people like Aizen. Shinsui peeks into a dark room. Like, he asks, like, is anyone here? Na na na. No one's answering me, so I'm just gonna try to get something on the computer. But as he gets closer, Maya returns in his chair and he's like, just because I didn't answer you doesn't mean there's no one here, you piece of shit. <laughs> Shinsui asks for data on the bount, which Mayuri acknowledges is a long dust-covered subject. And he's also like, uh, I don't want to show any data. If you want to go through, if you want data, just go through the official channels. And uh, that would, according to Shunsui, take a good three months' time. And to which uh, uh, Mayuri just replies, well, the data itself might not be worth much, but having people go through the proper channels gives my position meaning and authority. And Shunsui says what we're all thinking, Mayuri, I hope you go to hell someday. <laughs> yeah, for real. He, he just fucking says it. Like... <laughs> I love Shinsui in this scene. Like, I don't know if you put it in your summary, but like, Mayuri's like, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" And he's I like, put oh, the, nothing. I, I I quoted the whole thing. Like, oh, thank you. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Shinsui's like, "Oh, you know, I didn't say anything. It's fine." And you know, a little earlier, he was saying like, "Hey, could you give me that data? I've heard rumors that you that some people think you might be the best captain." But here, he's like, "Oh, uh, by the way." When I said I heard you were rumored to be best captains, that was flattery. I did, however, hear that you might be the worst captain. How? But, you know, if you want to learn more, you'll have to go through the proper channels. And he leaves. And Mayuri's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Like, Mayuri at this point is just, like, clawing at his chair. Like, he is <laughs> gripping it with an intensity. <laughs> it is just... Jesus Christ. In a fit of rage, the 12th Division captain decides to delete the bound question. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to delete the data. Fuck you. But it's locked by a password that even he doesn't have access to. And Shinsui, of course, has been eaves like he left and then he just like listened at the door. So he's like, okay, even he doesn't have access to the data. Ho, ho, ho. There's like a mysterious conspiracy going on here. <laughs> I, I like that he did, he, like, riled up Mayuri because he knew that Mayuri's a simple bitch who would just be petty enough to try to delete the data. <laughs> it's so good! And, it, it, like, it makes me very happy to see Mayuri get clowned on like this, just in general. It's so good. Shinsui, I've, I've forgiven you of your of your previous indiscretions for now. For now. For now! As, as long <laughs> as you keep being this cool. <laughs> Please keep being this cool. Please! We head over to the Urahara store, where the whole gang is there, and they're sad that they let Ishida get captured, and we get a few chap- we get, like, flashbacks from, like, ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, eventually, all the students uh, just are like, okay, let's go, let's all go as a group, and let's go find Ishida, and Urahara's like, um, where? So what are you going to do, split up? That's that's probably their plan? Like, they're just going to pick you off one by one? Their dolls are weird. We don't know how to fight them yet. Like, sit down. Uruhara has a great point here. Like, good good point. <laughs> He's like, what did I just try to teach you with these fucking modules? What did we just go through for three episodes? For three <laughs> or four episodes? Like, you can't just split up and go. Like, you'll, you'll get picked off. Um, so everyone <laughs> sits back down. Ichigo sits on a whoopee cushion. And the whole room cringes together as Khan parades around and gets himself thrown through the window for his attempt at reducing the tension. The the part where Khan is thrown out the window is probably the most weirdly well-animated part of the entire episode. Like, am I the only one who noticed that? Because, like, it was, like, the most well-shaded, everything looked great, like, in that last, like, frame of it. Like, it was just the best animated part of this entire episode. They're like, no, we want we want to make sure that, you know, we lovingly animated him getting his shit kicked. It was great. Over in an abandoned and broken building, Ishida wakes up, surprised to be alive, and Yoshino asks him how he lost his powers. So we get another flashback to his fight against Mayuri, where he effectively, like, overloaded his body and burned out his powers. Uh, he says to Yoshino that it's due to his lack of training and having reached the limit of his abilities... She asks if all Quincy's have so much self-pity, and Ishida says that he's the last Quincy alive. 
she ends up leaning over him in like a really suggestive vampire way, and then we immediately cut back to the to the Urahara store, which is weird because like the scene that immediately comes afterward like goes back to them, and she didn't really have a reason to be leaning over him that way. <laughs> like it was just yeah, the it- way to build tension. <laughs> It was literally just like, oh, I'm going to lean over you sexily, and then we're going to cut away so you don't know what's going on, and then we're going to cut back, and there's no reason for this. I'm just leaning over you sexily while I explain to you lore. So, Urahara is like, alright, time for more lore. <laughs> the reason that they'd been researching Bount in the first place is that there's weird shit that happens when a Bount feeds. Like, it makes a residue, and when you get a bunch of that residue... Uh, in the same place, it, it like, makes weird spatial distortions and it can make a tunnel to other places, like making a tunnel to, say, Huecumundo. Rukia starts drawing to help her understanding of, like, the whole situation, and g- she glares down Ichigo when he complains that she'll just make things more complicated with her drawing. It is an incredible face. It's only there for a second, but it's, like, my favorite frame of this entire episode. It's so good. Also, I don't know if we've explicitly used the term Huecomundo on the show before, uh, just to, like, keep everybody caught up. That That's what the Hollow World is called. It's called Huecomundo, which is literally Spanish for Hollow World. Yeah, and they're like, ah, oh, but if, you, if we opened a tunnel directly to the world of the Hollows, it would let Hollows, like, flood the world. Shinigami, like, normally the time it takes for a hollow to, like, slowly break through the barrier is the thing that lets Shinigami know that hollows around and respond before they deal damage. So Shinigami wouldn't have time to save people, and then a bunch of people would also probably get sucked into the hollow world as well. So Urahara's like, well, there's that's like a 50% chance that this is the bounty plan. Like, we're not sure, but this is probably, like, one of the big things that they might do. Uh, before we go further... They get a call from Ishida, and everyone rushes to the hospital. Like, there's a really well-animated and, like, like heavily-sounding, like, scene just of everyone's feet, like, hitting the pavement as they run to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, and they just find him recovering in bed. He explains that Yoshino explained that bounce have a rule that must never be broken. Don't take the soul of a living person, because if you do, you'll be super powerful. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but also, you would undermine the balance of the world by affecting space in, like, the way that uh, uh, Urahara was, like, talking about. But it's it's still, like, if you do it, you will gain immense power. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Like, it's just like, oh, yes, this is the rule we all live by. Don't become powerful. <laughs> Um, so Yoshino explains that, like, Jin Kariya is now doing, is, like, breaking that rule on purpose. And Ishida's like, well, you attacked humans too. Like, and she's like, yeah, but I was trying to do it to beat him. But you know what? Fine. Like, I've given up on that now. She's gonna use her her current powers to stop him because they shouldn't break the rules. She's a erstwhile good guy now, I suppose. I guess. And that's when Ishida, like, lost consciousness, and he's inclined to believe her because, like, she took him back to the hospital. So he's like, well, you know, if she wanted, if she actually wanted to kill me, or even if she just wanted to become super powerful, she could have just taken my soul. I like this because, like, it, it does give us the same kind of sense that Uryu does, where it's like, I think we can t- trust Yoshino for now, but, like, you can never be sure. Like, she probably has her own motives as well, and we don't know. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, she's got... Like, we don't know if she's got a bigger falling out with Katia so far other than he broke the rules. <laughs> yeah. Which she, which she herself tried breaking, so it can't just be that, right? Right. Um, There's got to be something more there. Like, I'm I'm interested. Keep Keep going. Keep going, Bleach. Everyone else decides to leave uh, the hospital. Well, like half of the group, which is like the Urahara half, they decide to go back to the shop. And then Ichigo is like, well, we're going to like, we're going to see them out and then we'll come back and like chat. Um, so, but while everyone's outside of the room, Ichigo thinks back to his mother and how the smile she gave him when he was like 
five or something and she would be smiling but also crying it felt like it felt the same way as yoshino's smile did when she was explaining her thing and that's like the reason that he's putting trust in her um but you know he's not he doesn't open up about anything so he's clearly not gonna open up about this (laughs) yeah over at the bount headquarters jin is confident that yoshino can't escape him and we get visuals of water droplets from a faucet and two kids in parkas stand up behind the Bount leader and as the episode closes. Creepy. All right. N- now Good now the vampires are adding a t- creepy twins to their number. Oh, vampire twins. Oh. Ooh. I I am excited. Like I enjoyed both of these episodes pretty well. Especially the second one, I think it's a it was a good mix of like here's a little bit of action, here's a little bit of lore, here's like some mystery, and here's a couple of gags. I think the the only big misstep that I think like the second episode takes is that it does repeat itself with the lore. Like a lot. we, what? A lot, yeah, yeah. Like, it it sure does, like, tell us a thing, and then it's like, hey, just in case you, like, spaced out for the past, like, minute and a half, we're gonna repeat the same thing we just told you. It's like, it's not bad, like, it's executed well enough to not be annoying, it's just like, "Mm, it's a bit of a misstep, but like, I don't know, overall, like, the lore is interesting enough to keep it good, and I I still enjoyed it. Yeah, just some, some solid episodes. Uh, in the post-credit scene, we have a, <laughs> we have a bit in Soul Society where Division Eleven is waiting outside of Zoraki's home, and they're like, "Man, it's been an hour." Hey, uh, Captain, are you are you okay? And he's like, "If anyone if any one of you tries to come in here, I will fucking kill you." And we see that he's trying to place the last bell on his hair, uh, because the center mo- <laughs> the center spike is like really hard to put the spike to put the bell on, and after. Then it just kind of, like, goes back outside, and they're like, it's been three hours now. <laughs> and it just ends there. Like, that's it. That's the punchline. It's been three hours. We're still waiting. <laughs> but my favorite part of this bit is that there's, like, a slight second where Kenpachi is just like, what if... No, no. My, no I need my bells. Unthinkable. <laughs> It's very fucking funny. Uh, I I lost my shit at this bit. He's uh, committed next- to his gimmick. He <laughs> <laughs> really is. Next week, we have the episode Water Attack, Escape from the Shutdown Hospital. And I know nothing about what's going to go on next week. I purposely didn't watch the preview. I was just like, I'm going to skip directly to the post credit scene. I'm going to make sure to watch these because we questioned it openly last week. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just start watching these. Um, they're good. They're good. They're good. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> uh, this has been It'll Wash Out a Bleach Rewatch podcast. Uh, good, good couple episodes this week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BleachCast. You can email us at IWOBleachCast at gmail.com with any feedback. If you want us to stop holding the banter hostage, you know, just, like, let us know. We'll we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll figure it out. You can find me at Lavender underscore Paws. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. And we hope you continue having a good week. Stay cool, Chads. You wouldn't recognize a goddamn vampire if one jumped up and bit you at the end of your fucking dick. So get off my back. それ
My pace is too much. 